Hey, you're listening to the RFWP Podcast with your host, Lois McNair and Emily Lewis, where you'll find candid conversations, transparent faith, encouragement, the occasional sarcasm, and a whole lot of grace as they share their walk with Jesus. Here's today's episode. Hey guys, and welcome to this episode of the RFWP, where we are seeking truth and finding God's heart. My name is Lois, and my co-host is... Emily Lewis. And if you guys are watching on YouTube, make sure you click down below this video and hit subscribe. And while you're there, hit the bell so that you get notified every time we drop an episode, because we are so excited to be here with you. Yes. I love the fact that we have our YouTube channel up now. It's exciting to me. I don't know. I think I feel more connected. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. So fun. And before we get into today's show, I can actually show you our sponsor and not just tell you about it. How cool is that? That's cool. So our sponsor for today's show is Scripture Flips. And Scripture Flips are a handy, cute way to keep the Bible on you all the time. They, I took this one all the way to Missouri with me. It went to the meetup, um, attached it to my backpack. And so you can take them with you so easily. And when you have a minute, you can script, flip through your scripture flip. And for RFWP listeners, go to scriptureflips.com. And when you check out Enter RFWP20 for 20% off of your order. If you're one of those people who uh, likes to get their Christmas shopping done earlier, like my sister, uh, you should just go load up on these. Wait, (laughs) girlfriend, it's, it's not even the end of September. What are, seriously? Uh, My sister has been hounding me for a month and a half. What do you want for Christmas? What do you want for Christmas? How about this for Christmas? Like, I don't know. It's it's July. (laughs) Oh, no. Is your sister one of those people that has all of their shopping done before the end of October or the or before Thanksgiving? Every once in a while, she'll save something for Black Friday. But like that's yeah. the cutoff. <laughs> Just so funny. A, those people are amazing to me. So your sister is amazing to me. <laughs> that will right. never be me. But your sister is amazing. <laughs> I think one year I tried to compete because <laughs> competitive over here. Uh, I tried oh, to be no, like, not you. <laughs> I'm gonna get done at the same time as her. Like. Never mind. This is not me. Who am I trying to be? <laughs> Remember last week we talked on our episode to be who you are. Don't be your yes. sister. <laughs> no. <laughs> I'm just going to be me and I will do my shopping in December. Thank you very much. <laughs> yes. Yes. Good idea. Speaking so, of being yourself. Yeah. We're going to get to hear some really cool things here in a minute, but before about people being themselves, but before we get there, I want to know if you have a micro joy. I do have a micro joy. I was going to say something else, but truly my micro micro joy is this microphone setup that I have. (laughs) (laughs) 
It's just making me happy. It is it is 9.30 at night, so maybe that's contributing and I'm on brain overload. But like my microphone, the way it pivots and the and way we have it set up. <laughs> and the way it squeaks. Is, it's making me smile. So, so there your you go. microphone is your micro joy. Exactly. Yeah, if you were trying to do a dad joke, I would say that's a fail. But it's not a dad joke. It's <laughs> you a- you said that, not me. That's true. That's true. <laughs> so what's your micro joy? <laughs> <sighs> My micro joy, man, I had several this past week. But um, my micro joy honestly leads us, this is going to sound really silly, but my micro joy leads us into our next segment of the open mic minute. So my micro joy is that last week when we asked um, people to give us an open mic minute on being your true self and something that... um, God created you this way and you haven't necessarily been thankful for it before, but you know, and maybe you were thankful for it before, but anyway, so I popped it out there today on social media because at that point we'd only gotten like one um, open mic minute. So I was very, very vulnerable, vulnerable. I can't talk this late. (laughs) I was pretty vulnerable um, and said uh, that one of the things that I haven't really liked about myself and I'm constantly like doing this and jazz is because my right eyelid droops, you know? And so you can see me in pictures and I'm like, (laughs) anyway, I was being very, very vulnerable about that. But honestly, this is a long way around the block for my micro joy. But my micro joy happened when I realized this week, when it just hit me like, you know, yeah, I wouldn't mind if my eye looked a little bit more open, but I get that characteristic, that DNA, that genetics comes from my daddy. And I lost my dad three years ago this week. Mm. And so... It was just a micro joy that I finally went, oh, every time I see that, I think of my dad. I know that sounds crazy, but but that's my micro joy. So I had gotten on the on our Instagram today and on our Facebook and just gave an example of what an open mic minute could be. So that was a long way around the block. But anyway, (laughs) so my micro joy is that I'm thankful for my droopy eyelid. (laughs) because it it reminds me of my dad but also that um leads into our open mic minute which i'm super stoked about (laughs) it's so fun so the prompt i gave was what is something that you love about how god has created you something you're thankful for about yourself so are you ready i'm just gonna let these roll so you're gonna play those into the microphone Yes, I Your am. micro joy microphone. All right, here we go. This first one is from Hannah. Okay. Um, so something about me that I love God has made about me. Um, I seem to have this 
thing about me that makes people open up in a sense. It's always kind of confused me because I personally am a very private person who tends to land on definitely the more introverted side. So I don't know if it's like something about my personality or way I seem to present myself that makes people feel they can talk to me. Um, it's just kind of crazy how it happens because it'll be at the most random moments with people I'm really not even that close to or even strangers sometimes. Um, I've even had friends comment on how it's funny or strange that random people just start telling me their stories or their troubles. And um, I never understood why because I'm young and I don't have that much advice to give beyond things that are spiritual or Christ-oriented. I realize that people just need someone sometimes, and maybe the gift of a listening ear is what God gave me to give others. I love that. Isn't that I fun? love that. The, even though okay. she's an introvert, people are drawn to her and, and share her story and share right. the story. And I love that she loves that about how God wired her. That's cool. Mm -hmm. All right. Yeah. So this is Brandy. I am thankful that I am not overly girly. I was always fond of, I would go hunting with my dad and I would be outside playing tag and stuff with the boys while my other girlfriends, like they would play with their baby dolls and all that. But um, people are always like, oh, you should try to be more girly. You should try to be more feminine. And, um, but I am thankful for that because I got to spend a lot of time with my dad hunting. Mm. And then, too, um, my husband um, likes the fact that I'm not very girly. Like, he was not attracted to very overly somebody <laughs> who spends, you know, forever on their makeup and shopping all the time. So I'm thankful <laughs> because I know that he appreciates that and we were meant to be. And if I was different like that, I wouldn't have found him that way. I love that. This is so fun. I was such a tomboy too. Hello. I think probably the, th the thing that first comes to mind is my curly hair. Um, I did not like it when I was younger for a whole slew of reasons. Um, I always wanted it to be straight because mm -hmm. it was easier to take care of to the standards that were pushed on me. Uh, mm -hmm. But I really like having it super curly. So... I think I have to go with that. I love that. I've always wanted curly hair. <laughs> Be thankful with your hair. I okay, this thankful. is from Krista. I'm thankful for the genetic health issue that I have that caused my health to crash because in dealing with that, I've come to learn more deeply God's acceptance and love for me. Hmm. Wow. Yeah. I'm That's a deep. tough one. Yeah. Okay. This one's from Renee. I've never been very athletic, but I discovered in my mid twenties that I'm very good at yoga. I'm very flexible the balancing comes pretty easily and it's been really exciting for me because I've never had something that I tried the first time and was good at, but now I'm a yoga instructor 
And I tell people all the time, like, God gave me a gift to be able to do yoga, and it relaxes me, and I enjoy it, and it keeps me healthy. I love that one. That's cool. We should try yoga online sometime. Like. (laughs) Okay, this one is from Kimberly. As a teenager, I was always self-conscious of my teeth. Because when I smiled, um, I had an overbite and they would, my upper teeth would stick out. But my smile is the very thing that I got the most compliments about. As an adult, I got braces to correct it. But I had several people ask me why I got braces because they didn't think I needed them. They liked my smile just the way it was. Aww. Elf says, awesome. I like smiling. Smiling's my favorite. <laughs> From the movie Elf. Yeah. Another movie reference. <laughs> I have seen Elf. You've seen Elf? <laughs> I have. <laughs> okay. Okay. It's redeemed. Um, the next two are from Ashley and Daniel. Hey, guys. Ashley. This is Daniel. And yes, guys do listen to the RFWP. One thing that I always felt uh, sort of bad about when I was younger and I always thought it was cynicism was my constant questioning spirit and wondering why, why we do this and why we do that. And, uh, a lot of times I felt like a rebel, but as I got older, um, that one thing that God built into me is what eventually led me out of legalism. Thank you. Well, guys, this is Ashley. One of the things that I'm thankful for that I used to not be thankful for is the fact that I have naturally curly hair. Growing up, um, I just always had a big poof ball and I hated it because all my friends had the pretty straight hair and I was just so different. But as I've gotten older, Mm -hmm. I've learned to appreciate it. And, you know, curly hair runs in my family. And I appreciate the fact that God gave me some crazy curly hair. <laughs> Have a good day. This is so fun. I love that. <laughs> I okay. love that. This one is Melinda. Okay. So I'm grateful for God closing the doors on what I had expected to be normal life experiences and dreams. Because when I let go of that, he opened the way for me to learn American Sign Language. Hmm. And then he led me to my husband. And now we have two children with progressive hearing loss who will never have to fear isolation from their family. Mm-hmm. So I am grateful that at a time I thought my life was ruined, he was actually making it. That's amazing. Wow. That's amazing. At some point, I want to hear more of Melinda's story. I've heard bits and pieces, but... That mm-hmm. is amazing. Yeah. Is that the last one or do we have more? We have at least two more. <laughs> this is fun. <laughs> okay, is so, so if you're watching, I hope that you're like loving hearing this and that you are being affirmed in whatever it is that you've not liked about yourself or didn't like a situation. And And I hope that hearing others is encouraging you to go, okay, you know, Maybe that maybe that is um, something that he did in me purposefully. So, right. Okay, this is Bree. Hey guys. So one thing that I was always self conscious about growing up was the way that I laugh. 
because when I really get going, I um, tend to snort. <laughs> so uh, I was always self-conscious about it. But now that I'm a little older, I've grown to appreciate it. And uh, sometimes my laugh makes other people laugh, even if they have no idea what I'm laughing about. And so it's just fun now. So it's something that I've gotten used to and even grown to appreciate. I love that. Wait, should we snort for Brie to make her feel even better? <laughs> no. Okay, I've snorted before, so who knows? It may just happen anyway. You might. Okay, this is our last one from Lindy. I was always made to feel, oh, you're too sensitive. That's just, I mean, I, I hate that phrase. You're too sensitive. As I've gotten so much older, I've learned I'm what's described now as a highly sensitive person and i've actually learned that it's a great thing that god made me this way i feel things more deeply mm. i care extremely deeply about people i can cry at the drop of a hat with somebody i'm very deeply empathetic with people i'm now acutely aware that it's a gift that god gave me that i can connect with people in their pain and I can pray with them over that. And it's been actually a really awesome gift. I still don't like the words, you're so sensitive. But at the same time, I've really come to appreciate it. And I do thank God for it now. I like that. I like that. You know, I think that's a part of being your true self, because I can remember when I was younger, there were parts of me that I tried to mute, so to speak. And I tried to mute them because I felt like um, that part of me shouldn't show or shouldn't be, you know, but um, I love that. And I'm so excited. We had so many um, and I love that people just kind of opened up and were transparent and shared. And some of them were light and fun and some of them were pretty heavy. So um, thanks guys for sharing with us uh, things that you are thankful for the way that God made you. I love that. So thank you. Absolutely beautiful. So today we are going to talk about the Samaritan woman and kind of unpack the story as we see Jesus interact with her and meet her in her pain and meet her, her in her brokenness. Uh, I think there have been some negative narratives that have been built around her that, you know, that just focus on um, how awful she was instead of that Jesus met her there because we can all see ourselves in this as we've all been the Samaritan woman, or maybe we are. Maybe we need Jesus to enter our story and our pain right where we're at this week and this month. So I think Lois is going to start by reading some of this story to us. You know, most of us, if not all of us, have heard the story of the woman at the well. And if you're a guy listening before you shut off this episode, can I just tell you that um, this isn't just about a woman and a woman at the well that um, had 
five husbands and the man that she was living with now was not her husband. And then it's about um, her being promiscuous and all that. There is truth for all of us, because as you mentioned, Emily, and as it has become clear to me, as I've studied more and more about this and read other people's commentaries at some point, Honestly, we have all been or we all are the woman at the well. The circumstances may be different. The life experiences may be different. But we've all been the woman at the well in need of a savior. So as we step into this, I I really like for you guys to, to take that to heart and to realize that this is applicable for all of us. So in John chapter four, just in case you're not familiar with the story. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that he was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself was not baptizing, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar near the field that Jacob had given to his son, Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well, and it was about the sixth hour. And about the sixth hour, as you know, is noontime. Um, and I want to go back to that verse that says Jesus had to pass through Samaria. And if you know anything about the history and the culture at that time, um, nobody had to pass through Samaria. In fact, the Jews culturally always, I mean, it would have been, you know, straight, a straight um, travel and a straight path, but the Jews always went around always went around because the Samaritans were considered less than they were a mixed breed of race, you know, according to that culture. And so I just want to, Luke doesn't tell us this specifically, but we know just culturally and historically at the time, Jesus didn't have to go through Samaria. He was Jewish. He was from Nazareth. Mm -hmm. Um, the disciples and Jesus went and Jesus went to that town, to that well purposefully. Right. And where, where I think the application there is Jesus pursues us. He pursues us, whether we have the circumstances at the woman at the well or our circumstances are different. So, Jesus didn't have to come for us, but he chose to come for us. Right. And then in verse seven, I can pick up reading. um, Mm -hmm. A woman of Samaria came to draw water. Give me drink, Jesus said to her, because his disciples had gone into town to buy food. How is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? She asked him, for Jews do not associate with Samaritans. 
Jesus answered, If you knew the gift of God and who is saying to you, Give me a drink, you would ask him and he would give you living water. Sir, said the woman, you don't even have a bucket and the well is deep. So where do you get this living water? You aren't greater than our father Jacob, are you? (laughs) He gave us the well and drank from it himself, as did his sons and livestock. Jesus said, Everyone who drinks from this water will get thirsty again, but whoever drinks from the water that I will give him will never get thirsty again. In fact, the water I give him will become a well of water springing up in him for eternal life. Yeah. Mm. And then the woman said to him, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. So there's a part of it that she's still not quite getting. But I, if we'll go back to that part where it says, if you knew basically who gives the water and, and then he says, it's a gift and the gift is eternal life. And I heard recently someone say, our eternal life doesn't start once we've passed away and we go to heaven, if we're a Christian. The minute that we start that relationship with Jesus, our eternal life starts there. Our eternal spiritual life starts there, even though the body may decay and pass away. So living life abundantly, he said a wellspring, a welling up of eternal life, a spring of water that doesn't start later. It starts when our relationship with Jesus starts. Mm-hmm. I think that's really important to note because a lot of times when we hear like repeat after me type prayers, it's all about eternity and it lacks like, what am I, you know, taking up our cross daily? It lacks discipleship. It lacks following Jesus. Now it lacks, um, like you said, the abundant eternal life that's springing up inside of us right now that changes how we see life. It changes how we go about life, having the the well of life living inside of us. Right. And I know that you probably have heard this passage preached growing up, as did I. And tell me what the focus was with the woman at the well of what the narrative that you heard a lot growing up. Yeah. The ne- it was the next few verses here where Jesus um, calls her calls her sin out. And he does. He does really call her out where she's at. But it was in a condemning way, like he was trying to poke the pain a little bit. Like it wasn't in jabbing. a condemning way? No, it was in a okay. I see you way. Okay. See, that's, that's the narrative that right. we can untwist here. It's because, yes, Jesus is going to be honest with her. It's not just, here, let me give you eternal life or give you water. And she's like, okay, I guess I'm on my merry way and I'll never be thirsty again. And I don't have to come to this well because it's embarrassing because, you know, mm-hmm. all the, you know, there's a reason she was there at noon in the heat of the day to avoid other people. And he's like, hold up. In order for her to understand that it was more than just a convenience to, you know, to have this 
water that she would never have to be thirsty again. He has to confront the roadblocks, the the shame and the hurt in her her life. Mm, yeah. But he, and I guess I did ask you the narrative that you heard. So then when you said condemning, you know, it was he said it in a condemning way, my brain immediately went to, but no, he didn't. <laughs> oh, right, like, right, right, oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I, I just asked her to share with me how she heard it growing up. Oh, right. my gosh. Yeah. So, um, yeah, Jesus said, go, go call your husband and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. And Jesus said to her, you are right in saying I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one you now have is not your husband. But you, uh, what you have said is true. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain. But you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. And Jesus said to her, Woman, and again, I've heard this used incorrectly. Woman, you know, and you... Yeah, mm-hmm. you said what you said was right. Like you, you don't even have the guy you're living with right now is not even your husband. And you've had five husbands. That is not how he was approaching this. And the word woman is actually an affectionate term, as we have found in culture at that time. Believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the father. You worship what you do not know. We worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews, but the hour is coming and is now here when the true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for Mm -hmm. the father is seeking such people to worship him. And so I think at this point, um, you know, the conversation turns, he doesn't stay on the condemning, he really wasn't condemning. Yes, he called out her sin, but he said he, I think he was trying to reveal to her who he was. And, um, but he gave her a way out, you know, he gave Mm -hmm. her a way out as far as realizing who he was. And so this is the part where I think like, it doesn't matter male or female. Like I said earlier, we all, We've all been the woman at the well, no matter what the circumstances are, because we've all been in darkness and we have all needed a savior and we've needed the savior. And she Mm -hmm. came to, she came face to face with him because he chose to go there and to meet her there. It was purposeful. It was predetermined that this was what he was going to do. And everywhere Everywhere that Jesus went, the father sent him because this is the person he needed to minister to. Right. Which is beautiful that he met her where she was. And then um, how I like this, this sideline that you kind of, uh, it feels like a sideline in the passage at verse 20 where she's, um, our father said to worship in this mountain, your mountain, who are you? I'm a Samaritan. You're a Jew. What's going on? Why are you here? And so the minute she's confronted with someone mentioning her sin, 
she's like, oh, religion. <laughs> like, oh, a <laughs> denomination. <laughs> oh, you're a prophet. <laughs> yeah. Oh, I see. Yeah. But but which mountain were we supposed to worship in? And then it's him guiding her back to like what the point is. The point isn't right. what mountain we worship in. The point isn't like never being thirsty physically again. The point is so much richer and deeper. And that's what he's he's using these examples and the things that she brings to his attention as like almost like a sideline. And he's like, no, 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 that's not what we're talking about here. I'm talking let's, about, let's, yeah, let's, let's bring it back around. Back in. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then as we know, the disciples, um, after he reveals who he is to her, the disciples um, show back up and, you know, he says, I who speak to you am he. Because she talks about the Messiah's coming and he's like, I'm here. Mm-hmm. Um, and when the disciples came back, uh, they marveled that he was talking with a woman, but no one said, what do you seek and why are you talking with her? But they thought about it. <laughs> they thought right. about it. So even Jesus' disciples were like, dude, why, why is he talking with her? Like in their mind, they're going, uh, you know, we don't, you know, we don't hang out with these people, right? And right. Um, but they didn't say it out loud. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> and I, th- I think that points more to her confusion too. Like, who are you? Why are you talking to me? Okay. You're a prophet. Like if the disciples were, were confused why he was talking to her. Um, and I don't want to go to look too far into it, but culturally when we see that she was married five times and she, you know, she didn't have the, husband that she was with wasn't her own like that was a big deal like being recognized she probably only had status being her her identity and her status was attached to who she was married to so she wasn't married and she was a widow or she was divorced or or the fact that she was married at all like if somebody wasn't married that was like Right. Right. So uh, Jesus talking to a woman by herself, the disciples were like, wait, what? This is not acceptable. And Jesus was flipping this cultural thing on its head saying, no, I'm going to associate with a Samaritan. I'm going to associate with a woman. I'm going to associate with a used and discarded uh, woman who's been made to feel less than. And Jesus Mm -hmm met her there and even the disciples had to learn that in that moment that this was different yeah and in the other gospels as well like john's the only one who writes this specific story but in the other gospels like in luke we hear the story of the samaritan who was beat up and left i mean that the the traveler who was beat up and left and a religious leader goes by, another important person goes by, but it was a Samaritan that stopped and took care of him. And I do feel like these stories tie together 
I, I don't think that there's any discrepancy because, oh, John talks about the Samaritan woman, but the other gospels don't. Or, or Luke talks about, you know, um, the Samaritan, you know, being the good neighbor. And, the, you know, it's even, um, I can't remember which gospel it is, but uh, even one of the writers says, you know, why, you know, there's not a reason for me to, to basically write everything. There are other accounts, you know, and, and John says, if I were to write everything, you know, mm -hmm. then th there's not enough to contain. I mean, there's, I'm not, yeah. I'm not wording that right. Word it right for me, <laughs> Emily. You know what I mean? Yes. He says uh, that not even the world can contain, could contain the scrolls that should be written. Yes. At the end of chapter 20, I think. Right. So yeah. then, then we go down to um, the verse where she left her water jar. She went away into the town. And in the English Standard Version, it says, and said to the people, what does your... Um, CSB say in verse 28, right before verse 29. And mine says, and she said to the people. It says, and told the people. Okay. Okay. Let's, I just want to stop here a second. Okay. She tells, she goes back into town and she tells the people. And I'm going to, mm -hmm. I'm going to close later on with, with a, just a, a paragraph that I wrote about this, but she came to the well at the hottest part of the day at noon so she could come to the well by herself. And we are assuming culturally that she came to the well by herself so she wouldn't have to be around the other women because she knew she wasn't accepted. Mm -hmm. and, and, and yet this woman who comes face to face with Jesus turns around and goes back into the town that she tries to hide from. And she says to the people, come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? Mm -hmm. They went out of the town and were coming to him. Can this be the Christ? And this is why I said earlier, the story of the woman at the well isn't just about women. It is. I do believe that Jesus culturally, it is a part of that. He culturally turned things on their ears. And, and through that encounter with her, he gave back to this woman her dignity, gave back to her her freedom, and gave her her purpose. She took her purpose and turned around and went into the town fearlessly and said, come, come, you know, mm -hmm. and it just, and yes. I love that because it, it's like anybody's welcome at the well. Anybody is welcome at the well. And Jesus is there waiting to have that encounter with you. He's gone out of his way. He's chosen you. And he's waiting to give you the living water. Right. And it kind of ties into to Christ saw through her. Like he saw through 
you know, the whatever facade was there, whatever brokenness was there, uh, whatever she was, you know, trying to, you know, when you have, you've had a rough day or you've had a rough season, you put on your, you bet you still put on your best face, but maybe there's still tiredness in your eyes, but not always do people inquire and see you. They just Mm -hmm. see the smile and, you're like, like, oh, I wish I wish somebody could notice that that was a tear I just wiped away. Or like, could somebody see? And there she says, he told me everything I've ever done. Like he saw me. He saw through whatever front I was putting up to protect mm-hmm. myself. And she goes, could this, could this be the Messiah who saw me? Right. But see the fact that just that she... And I, and I love the fact that you brought that, that he saw her because it goes back to the narrative that we heard that some people heard growing up that, um, you know, Jesus called out her sin. And if if she felt condemned by him instead of a healthy conviction with a, with a way of escape, um, if she felt condemned by him, she would not have gone back into town. And said anything no. to anybody. And I know I'm speculating, but when we feel condemned, we shut down. We feel shame. We we cover. We walk away. And that is not what she did. Right. This and that's not did. what we should be doing right. to other people. So we can't we shouldn't right. condemn them. And what is interesting when you said that about Jesus not condemning her, that was the what she usually got. Like it oh, would not have stood sure. out to her if he'd have been condemning because that was, that was part of the normal course. narrative. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. It's so good. Mm-hmm. She was chosen. She was chosen. And I heard a speaker recently say, like, what are we holding? You know, she, it took her, it took her a hot minute to figure out that he is saying, I'm, I'm he, you know, she didn't recognize Jesus. She didn't recognize the Messiah. He pretty much had to spell it out for her. She's still mm-hmm. back here trying to figure out, um, this is Jacob's well. And I'm pretty sure, you know, he was like the top of the food chain. So this where, how am I going to not thirst again? She didn't recognize who Jesus was. Right. And then he had to just really spell it out. She's like, well, we've heard about the Messiah. And he says, hey, it's me. It's me. And in that moment where she comes face to face with Jesus and she realizes who he is, her life is changed. And when you Mm -hmm. come face to face with Jesus, when we have an encounter with Christ, and for those of you listening that may not be familiar, and maybe I'm using a Christianese term when I say face-to-face with Jesus because we can't physically come face-to-face with him until eternity. But um, when we have an encounter with Christ, we can't stay the same. So it blows my mind for people to claim Christianity whether they're on staff at a church or they attend church or whatever to claim Christianity 
to claim to have had a face-to-face counter, encounter with Christ, but their heart for others hasn't changed. Mm-hmm. They're mm-hmm. still condemning and judgmental. That doesn't mean that we don't ever call each other out for things that that need help. But scripture doesn't say, go speak the truth. Scripture says, speak the truth in love. Right. I, yeah. Hmm. I think a lot of us think that when we speak the truth, we're actually speaking, we're loving people. And that's not what the verse said. <laughs> so like you yeah. said, speaking the truth in love is what's merciful yeah. um, and kind. A question you posed, we've talked about doing an episode on the Samaritan woman since the beginning, you know, since episode right. probably one. Uh, but the question, <laughs> right. Uh, and the question you posed, and maybe this will still come up as a full episode around um, being Pharisees and feeling better than others, but... The question you said was, would you have stopped for the woman at the well? And when you asked that question, of course, the first response in me is, uh, duh. Yeah, of course I would have stopped for the woman at the well. And then you go, wait a second. Okay, let me be realistic about you know me and how I want others to perceive me or whatever's going through your head. Um, man, do I really want to be known with the woman at the well, would I really stop and sit in her her pain and in her shame and love her well like that? Yeah. So do you That's want to elaborate huge, on that? That's a huge question that we wrote down a, months ago to at some point discuss because, of course, we'd all like to say, well, yes, absolutely, I would have stopped for the woman at the well. Mm-hmm. Or I would have purposefully gone out of my way to meet the woman at the well. But I think the majority, Mm -hmm. the majority of Christianity, as we've seen in the American church, if we put everything together and we do the programs and we do the surveys for the numbers and we, you know, knock on every door, one door at a time. And if we can just get them inside the four walls then they'll hear the gospel and (laughs) um, Jesus did none of that. He went to the people. Um, Yeah. I think that's something I, that I think is going to end up being a whole episode because it kind of takes us down a different path. But um, I think that's a question. Would you have stopped for the woman at the well? She was a Samaritan. You go back to the story of the Samaritan. The Samaritan is the one who stopped for the wounded. Right. But the people who should have stopped didn't. So Mm -hmm. I don't think we can very quickly answer. I think it's something that we, on a daily basis, it's dying to self and, and thinking of loving others well. If it doesn't sidetrack us too too far, I will give an example of something that happened to me right around the time when you had mentioned this as a topic. Uh And I found myself at the self-checkout area at our grocery store. And 
there was a guy at the next one over and he was like, oh, hey, how's it going? And I was like, I don't know how to respond. Because <laughs> this guy was part of a murder investigation in our tiny little town. And inside I was like, I don't know if I want people to know that I like nope, said yeah. hi to him. <laughs> right. And I, and it was, it was completely safe. It's not like it was the parking lot even. I mean, it was wide open. I mean, it was rush hour and I knew rush, him from when I worked rush at Dillon. hour in Dillon. <laughs> okay. Hold on. I didn't mean to say rush hour, but like dinner hour, you know, like five o'clock at the grocery store. Yeah. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to have a serious moment over here. Okay. All right. I'll behave. <laughs> so anyway, I knew him from working at the bank. Uh, and so it, it would have been totally natural to say, oh, hey, how are you doing? And just be happy and chipper and respond to him kindly. And it was, I was just struck by my, my pride and my own like mm. self-image. I don't know what I was trying to portray or if anyone else I knew would have been around or cared that I knew him, but acknowledging him probably matter. I mean, I, I know it matters more than what other people would have thought because there's no reason for me to snub someone in a perfectly safe environment. So how did you respond? I actually don't remember. I don't remember if I said, Hey, or I probably just said, Hey, I don't think that sidetracks us. I think that takes us to who Jesus was, who Mm -hmm. Jesus is. He always went out of his way to the marginalized. You know, he was on his way. Um, because chronologically, I believe if I'm correct, a little bit further in the storyline of Jesus' ministry towards towards the end, then he goes to Zacchaeus. I mean, we could name person after person. You start with Mary Magdalene, um, Matthew, mm-hmm. you know, and 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 now we're talking about the Samaritan woman. And so, I think that's a great question that we can talk about at another time. Would we have stopped for the woman at the well? But I think just if you look, um, if we go on down to verse 39, many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. That blows my mind. This is a woman who's had a horrible reputation, horrible reputation, been shunned in her own town culturally. You know, we we know these things are most likely true. And many Samaritans from that town believed in Christ because of her testimony, because she testified. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them, and he stayed there two days, and many more believed because of his word. They said to the woman, 
it is no longer because of what you said that we believe for now we have heard for ourselves and we know that this is indeed the savior of the world mm-hmm. now some people will get their pride hurt by that you know because they think well i'm i'm the one who shared the gospel and i have to be the one that sows and waters it and <laughs> reaps you know because but anyway that i don't even know where why i went there but that's what popped into my head but she's you know they said um scripture tells us that many believed because of her testimony that's that's huge that's huge that um this woman that was hiding from everybody would right um so this is something that i heard a speaker say we have to make room for people that are in the process not every person that we sit under their teaching needs to be on the other side of their healing of a situation we mm-hmm. have to make room for people that are in the process and this woman left the well and she went back to her town and she testified mm-hmm. oh that's good and room was made come see him because he's told me everything that i've done could this right. be the christ and they could have said we're not listening to you we're we're not going to listen to you like girlfriend everybody knows your reputation why would we believe anything that you said mm. i love that that's when you when you started off that i was like is that in context but it like blew my mind absolutely it is and she wasn't pointing to herself because she was still in process. She's bringing people and pointing them to Jesus. And right. mm, we can make space to even learn from people who yeah, yeah are at that who spot. Are, who are in process. So yeah. I, I want to share, I did go to a conference at my church this past week, and it's an annual conference for women. And um, it was just the timing was just unbelievable because we've already talked about doing an episode about the woman at the well. And then the theme this past weekend at the conference where I attended was at the well. Mm -hmm. And when Mm -hmm. we're at the well and we, and, and one of the speakers even said, we're holding this cup of whatever it is. You know, you put yourself in a place where it's, like I've said before, whether it's a man or a woman or a young adult, or, you know, we all have cup of something that identifies us. And Jesus is sitting here with this flowing fountain of living water that he wants to give us. And all he's doing is asking us to trust him and give him the cup of whatever we're hanging on to so that he can give Mm -hmm. us that flowing fountain of living water. Yes. That stood out to me. Oh, sorry. I should let you read what you're going to read. But as I was reading that this morning, it's, it, it stood out to me that Jesus asked her to give him a drink and it, and she's like, 
he gave you a drink. And it reminds me of Moses because I was um, in Exodus with the Bible reading my girls and I are doing. And it reminded me of Moses because Moses is like, uh, me? No, don't send me. And he asked her. And I know it was kind of just a way to engage conversation with her. But still, he was asking her and if she can give up that he has so much more abundant plan for her. Yeah. I'd, I'd like to read this uh, reflection that I wrote after thinking about the story of the woman at the well. Um, yeah. And all we, we don't know her name. We just know her as the Samaritan woman or as the woman at the well. And I think I mentioned to you this to you in conversation that, you know, I don't know why we don't know her name. I, but just like there are times where uh, scholars have said, we don't know what Paul's thorn in the flesh was. And maybe we purposefully have not been given that information so that we can't tag and say, oh, that was his infirmity. That was his thorn in the flesh. Well, that doesn't affect me. Mm. But, you know, Paul literally said, I asked God three times to remove it. And he mm -hmm. said, no. But if it wasn't for that, I would I would become prideful. So just just like that, I don't know if I'm if I'm making the connection, but just like that, we don't know the Samaritan woman's name because I don't know, maybe if we knew her name, it would be easy to just think of it as a story and pinpoint that that was just for that person. But the story, the woman at the well is for all of us. It is a mm. truth for all of us. But here's my, yep. here's a little something that I wrote in my reflection on the story of the woman at the well. When we have our at the well moment and Jesus meets us there, when he changes our life or transforms something in us, it is truly amazing. When that well moment happens, we don't want to leave. We just want to stay. You want to stay at the well with Jesus and just stay in the moment. But the woman at the well, she didn't stay there. Mm. She could have stayed. She could have kept it to herself and just soaked in the moment, but she didn't. She left the comfort of the well. She stepped back into an environment that was uncomfortable where she had a reputation. Why would she do that? Why would anyone listen to her? Why would she risk exposure to those around her? <laughs> Jesus. Mm. That's why. Yep. So she went away. This woman who purposefully came to the well alone so that she wouldn't be seen by the other women left and intentionally brought others back to the well. Let's be that. Let's do yes. that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for hanging out with us, friends. Uh, we are thankful for this opportunity to look at another woman in the Bible and see how Jesus treated her and the invitation that he, he offers to us to see us and to know us and to, yes, call out our sin 
and not let us stay the same and invite us into more abundant life with him right now. We're not waiting for heaven. It is available right now. And that's not an end to itself. It is also that we can go, even in our messiness, in our not have it figured all out yet-ness, <laughs> and help other people um, sure. and be be a light to Jesus. You don't have to have it figured out, but maybe it's maybe it's your family that you're trying to point towards grace or other people um, to Jesus. That's good. And I, that song that I recently sent to you um, mm -hmm. by the country singer Olivia Lane, um, and the chorus is. And sometimes I feel just like the woman at the well. Yeah. And she, she talks about, um, you know, the fact that he loves her and sees her. It might sound crazy, but that's really why his grace is so amazing. Yeah. That's a beautiful line. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. Thanks, guys. It's been a good, it's been a good night. Mm -hmm. We'll see you next time. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode. As always, you can reach out to Lois and Emily at hello at sisterseeker.com. And if you enjoyed today's episode, it would mean the world to us if you would consider supporting the RFWP. You can go to patreon.com slash sisterseeker. Another way to show your support is by leaving us a review. This helps get this cause and this message to more women like you. We'll see you next week. Thanks for being here, friend.